Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Well, fall is finally here, and as you know, the spookiest of holidays is right around the corner. That's why it is Fear Factor Month on the Get Ready for the Future show. What scares you about retirement? Today, we're covering two big fears, Social Security and health care. Straight ahead. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome in. Happy Saturday. A cool, crisp weekend. Fall is finally here. State Fair underway. Football season in full swing. It is finally fall. Can we say goodbye to the 90s for, for once ready. and for, for all? I sure think we are now. It's time to get hot again. And I'm a hot weather person. You know, I, yeah. I, I like warm weather, but I, I pardon the expression, I get burned out on it. You know? Yes. And, and so uh, when fall arrives, I'm good with that. But that winter thing that's coming out, no, no I'm out on that. This I don't is, need that. This is, I don't know about y'all, but this is my favorite season in Arkansas. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean if, if we get it, we don't always get it, right? Sometimes we go from the 90s right into the, the winter uh, weather. But I think that it's uh, it's it's going to hang around a little bit for a while. And I'm ready to enjoy it, ready for the leaves to start changing. I think the, the, the trees were ready for the leaves to start changing. It's like as soon as we got that fall blast, all of a sudden color starts popping up. We are glad to have you with us for Fear Factor Month Round 2. If you were with us last week, we began our month-long quest into tackling the fears that you may have about retirement. And it was about investing, about uh, financial matters. Uh, Last week, we will encourage you to go back and check us out on podcast. If you ever miss a Get Ready for the Future show, you can do that via iTunes or Stitcher. Follow us. Uh, and get all of the Get Ready for the Future shows. They all wind up on the podcast, so you can check us out there and learn about the fears and investing and hopefully find some helpful information to get over those fears. Well, today it's not financial matters. Today it's some a couple of big topics uh, that we always definitely have to cover in a client appointment, and it's Social Security and it's health care. And that is partly why we have uh, Stephanie Smith on the show to my left. Good morning to you. Glad to be here. Stephanie, as we talk about often, uh, spent many, many years at the Social Security Administration, retired from there. So she's here to talk Social Security with us, among other things. And Chad Roller in Janet's chair this morning. Good morning to Good you. Good morning. Chad, of course, spent a lot of time in the insurance world and uh, dealt with health uh, care concerns as well. So we're going to talk health care and Social Security, John. And I think that these are two topics... I was trying to think as we were getting ready for the broadcast today, I don't know if they're the top two questions or top two concerns that we have in a client meeting room, but they're certainly up there. I thought you were going to say that that I was here because I was just old and ready for Social Security and broke down. <laughs> I missed an opportunity. <laughs> yes, you did. Oh. I, I set it up for you, and what happens? You just <laughs> oh, like the Cardinals man. on can, Sunday, right? Can, can we just kind of blew can, it right there at the whoa, end? Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> They came back on Monday. Oh yeah, they did. Yes, I just had to. I had to give you a hard time because you spent good money to go see them blow it uh, in the final inning. Did you watch? I, I didn't watch. I was going to say, okay. I, no, I don't watch. You don't baseball. watch baseball. No, no, it's a waste of time. Well, anyway, <laughs> we better get back to social security yeah, yeah, here. Let's go back. Sorry, that's <laughs> no, all right. I just swerved us. Go well, ahead. You, shall I state my question again? Go right ahead. <laughs> it is one of the top two concerns or top two questions I think that we get right out of the bat. Especially, you know, I I find especially the healthcare question comes up if if anyone's considering retiring pre sixty five um, and not eligible for Medicare yet. Healthcare is a big concern. Long term care a big concern. We're going to address that in the program today. Um, but we're going to start with Social Security because what's the number one question we get about Social Security, guys? Well, is it going to run out of money? Is it going to be there? Yeah. 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 That's what I think everybody fears with the federal budget deficit in the shape that it's in. And then the annual report from the uh, trustees of Social Security comes out and and they basically say, you know, if nothing changes, uh, we're going to not have enough benefit uh, income to match our outgo by like 2032, 2034, whatever the year is, depending upon the economic conditions that that uh, year moves a little bit. But what most people don't understand and what Stephanie has been really great in our workshops to explain is that 
broke doesn't necessarily mean broke when it comes to Social Security. That doesn't mean that all the benefits would stop if the if there's a mismatch in income to outgo. Exactly. I mean, this is one of those things that even as a Social Security employee that they didn't stress to us. But if you get on the Social Security website and look at the April um, trustees report that came out, there's a news release that says that the fund is trustworthy till 2035 but everybody the media media out there they want you to think that in 2035 there's not going to be any benefits payable to anybody Hmm. and that's not true what it says in that report is there will be enough money to continue to pay 80 percent of the benefits people are due at that time so no nobody wants a pay cut but no it's not going to go yes i'm getting a check to the next day no i'm not getting one and contrary to what a lot of people uh, in their fatalistic belief is they think that well when they go uh, out of money then i'm going to be the one to lose my benefit and everybody else will get theirs or a lot of other people will get theirs but the law actually says that it has to be across the board any reduction in benefit right you know, social security is a federal program so Whatever the rule is, is one state, it pretty much, you know, the entitlement rules do not vary state to state. So it's going to go across the board. Now, I think it's important to point out that we're a long way away from 2035. Yes. And there are a lot of things that could happen before that. And we always say that we believe that the politicians will eventually make a fix happen just because they want to get reelected, right? That's the number one thing they want to do. Neither party wants to be the party in power if Social Security were to incur those cuts, primarily, I think, because the number one voting block in this country are people who are right at the door of, if not on, Social Security. Exactly. You know, and and this is why we want to make people aware of these issues. Election is next year. Mm -hmm. So Social Security, I think, should be something people should be looking at, making sure they want to address it. It should be addressed. Well, Scott, I think it's interesting that a lot of people are very concerned about Social Security because it falls during a very vulnerable time in their life when they they, uh, deserve, need, and want that income. But I think it's also interesting to think about this whole health care thing because a lot of people are very much concerned about the cost of health care and all of that, especially before they retire. But, Chad, it seems like that uh, the blinders go on and the head goes into the sand when you start thinking about uh, long-term care costs because a lot of people don't want to think about being a chronically ill person that has the need for uh, uh, very expensive health care later in life. Right. It's something you don't don't want to think that I'm going to get to the point where basically – you know, I'm going to be confined to some type of someone taking care of me on a daily basis, or I'm going to have to spend my assets, or the nursing home's going to take my assets, or whatever it may be. Whatever, uh, there's all kinds of fears out there. But, but yeah, you're right. A lot of people want to delay that conversation, much like the life insurance conversation. You know, it's not always easy to have, but typically, once you start going through possibly that experience with your own parents, then it comes real because the cost is just uh, continuing to go to increase every year. And, you know, Scott, we have a lot of conversations about uh, health care issues, both pre-retirement and after retirement. As you uh, accurately pointed out, there is a big concern of people retiring early and having to figure out how they're going to fund their health insurance. Because uh, primarily in this country, health insurance is, is tied to a job and all of the standalone programs are, are very, very expensive. And so you've got to have enough money to retire not only retire early, but also to fund health care. And that's a real problem for a lot of people. We find ourselves looking into that, helping people search uh, what possible premiums might be. And it all fits into the retirement income plan uh, and building that around having enough money coming in on a monthly basis to meet those premiums. And we're going to talk about that uh, if you're thinking about retiring early. What do you do about health care prior to Medicare? What are some Medicare thoughts to have? Social Security and long-term care, those are the big fears we're tackling on Fear Factor Month on the Get Ready for the Future show. We'll tell you also on the other side of the break about some ways you can learn more about Social Security and about the three big risks. What are the three big risks universal to all people retiring? We've got a couple of workshops uh, coming up in the next few days and weeks. We'll tell you how to get signed up for those when we continue on the Get Ready for the Future show next. We've got live events happening near you. Go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com slash events for a calendar and sign up now. We're back right after these messages. Do you worry about retiring? 
How much is enough? Can I achieve my retirement goals? Hi, I'm Scott Inman for Genwell Financial Advisors, and we've been helping Arkansans retire for 14 years. Get answers in less time than it takes to check social media. Visit 15minuteretirement.com and we'll gather some information, analyze your success rate, and provide the coaching for any needed changes. Type 15minuteretirement.com to get started on your 15-minute retirement checkup today. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From Genwell Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Well, the markets, once again, have been a little bouncy as we get underway in October, the first month of the final quarter. We all remember what happened in the final quarter of 2018. We're hoping that that doesn't happen. But we do know volatility has returned, and it's probably going to still be a bumpy ride, John, in the final quarter. We're going to talk today in the fastest four minutes in investing a little bit about what's causing the volatility and then maybe look under the hood and see another look at where we are fundamentally. Yeah, so when you think about the the volatility that we have right now, it is being driven not because of economics, but because of policy issues. So what is a policy issue? A policy issue is basically the stance that the presidential administration has on a particular subject. And in the in this context, the subject is trade. And so we're getting long in the tooth, so to speak, in this trade battle with with China. And it is beginning to show up in the manufacturing index. And that's really what uh, kicked off some of the volatility that we had last week, Scott. Uh, And and talking about the first full week in October, uh, we had the markets bouncing around two or 3% up and down. Then we saw a a, uh, report come out on unemployment and the jobs numbers and what have you, and the market rallied on that. So there is this tug of war, if you will, going on between policy and all the other economic factors that are out there. And when you think about monetary policy and and what the government is doing in terms of interest rates, Mm -hmm. uh, we clearly have shifted from this being uh, an economics-driven rally that we've had in the market in the past to one that is being supported again by easy money by the Fed. I go back to the word uncertainty. The markets don't like uncertainty because when you're talking about policy stances, it's still potential policy impact because nothing's really settled. We, we haven't seen the, the any fallout yet because it's still ongoing. And I think that's what makes the markets a little nervous. And we'll continue to do so, especially, I think, as we head into a presidential election. Yeah. And with the election heating up and, and all the controversy that's going on in Washington about he said, she said, and all these things that are going on uh, surrounding uh, the word impeachment and everything, that doesn't do anything to clear up the uncertainty. Uncertainty was already there in the trade area. Uncertainty is there with the political environment. The only thing that's really in our favor at this particular point in time is this economy seems to be just chugging along and doing its thing. And the Fed is being uh, is paying very close attention to this, and they're making the access to money fairly easy with these lower interest rates. Now, will the Fed cut interest rates again this year? There's a good chance that they may have another quarter percent cut in interest rates. But Scott, it's really interesting. The Fed has to leave itself some room because if we tip over into a recession, the only other lever that they have to pull is to go uh, almost to zero in interest rates. And then where do you go? Uh, I don't think uh, we will ever see the United States go to a negative interest rate environment, but I would have never thought that we'd seen it overseas either. But that is still what is persisting over in Europe and what have you in some places where they actually are actually uh, not giving you any interest, actually mm-hmm. taking money from you if you put in, uh, money in a bank. Final, final stopping point, I want to talk about the investment side of things because, okay, we're going to have volatility, uh, but so can we go higher in the short term? I think if you're a long-term investor, equities are still where you want to be, yep. but diversification is very, very key in this short-term time horizon. Absolutely. A lot of volatility. If you want to tamp down volatility, you do that by spreading out your risk and taking less risk and getting into things that are not going to be driven by the equities markets because these equities markets are pretty sensitive to the uncertainty. That is it for the fastest four minutes in investing. Thanks for watching on social media, listening on the Get Ready for the Future show, and our radio program continues right after this. Smarter, simpler, and more personal. The Get Ready for the Future show continues after this. 
Do you have a burning question? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question to get a response on the air from the Gen Wealth team. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. At Gen Wealth, we are education driven, strategy based, and team delivered. And the first one, education driven, is brought out in this radio show. That's our uh, objective here each and every week, is hopefully as you listen each and every week, that you learn something and can apply that to your own personal life and your own personal journey towards retirement. But we also offer free Gen Wealth Academy workshops on a regular basis. And three are teed up in the month of October. And I think it's interesting that it goes along with Fear Factor Month. Month because we're talking about one of the biggest fears people have is Social Security and the decisions surrounding that, when to take it. We're going to be talking about Social Security. Stephanie's going to be uh, with us and presenting a Gen Wealth Academy workshop on Social Security. Two opportunities. One is coming up very soon. It's just around the corner next week, October 15th at 630 at the Benton Event Center. So if you're listening in Saline County or anywhere near Saline County, you can come and join us there. Space is limited, though, and it's filling up fast. You can go to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events to sign up there for free. Again, I can't stress enough. Dinner will be provided. There's no cost to attend. And education is always the focus. We're not there to sell you anything. We just want to help you make some decisions about Social Security. And if you're up in Faulkner County, want you to join us for uh, the Social Security Workshop there coming up October 29th at 6.30 at Mike's Place in Conway. It'll be a great night to learn things about Social Security. And then the three big risks coming October 22nd at 6.30 at the Little Rock Crown Plaza. Again, sign up is free at getreadyforthefuture.com. We've done quite a few of those uh, Social Security workshops, uh, Stephanie, and it's always, I I tell folks on the radio and and other places that it's really not as much a lecture as a back and forth question and answer period. Uh, Yes, it's totally open. We don't mind someone interrupting us and and asking a, a if it gets too personal of a question, we obviously talk to someone afterwards. Yeah. But, but yeah, any basic questions someone has, we're always happy to answer. So, again, that's a free opportunity for you coming up very soon at either Benton or Conway. Uh, make plans to attend. But you can also hang around for the rest of this hour and learn a few things about Social Security, too. Today, approximately one in five Americans 65 and older are working or looking for jobs. That's according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. And the percentage of Americans working after turning 65 is expected to increase by about, or two rather, 23.3% by 2028. That's also according to a recent analysis from the Pew Charitable Trust. So people are working longer in many cases. The workforce participation rate for the same age group was just 12% in 1998. So as you look into why that is, I think the first easy place to start, John, is that folks maybe haven't saved what they needed to save for retirement. They don't have the pensions that they used to have 20 plus years ago, and they just don't think they can afford to retire. Well, sometimes it is a, a forced thing that you are working past your your normal retirement age, if you will, or a date that maybe you thought about retiring. But sometimes it's a, it's a choice. Sometimes it's a lifestyle that you're wanting to lead. Uh, we encourage people to do what we call here at GenWealth, work retirement. If you get a copy of our book, Your Retirement Should Be More, you'll see that, uh, that there is a, a big chapter in there about this whole issue of work retirement because a lot of people are very, very, especially guys, are very, very tightly identified with their job, what they do for a living. And it is very hard to be going 90 miles an hour in life every day and then just come to a day in your life that all of that stops and then you're at home. I've well, I've seen this with with my clients, Chad, and I know you've experienced this, uh, you know, in your time and working with with clients that that is a scary proposition that they'd like to fade into retirement instead of just jump off the cliff. Yeah, it is, and we've got some that say I'm I'm not going to spend another day at that factory or or that place of employment. You know, I I'll, I'll do anything to get out of there. But then once they get out of there, it's like, uh oh, I can't mow the yard every single day. Uh, but you know, and there's only so many rounds of golf I can play, but you know, going back to social security and healthcare, we see this extending some, some working years because of if there's an age gap with spouse, you know, it becomes a big uh, difference when you start saying, I'm going to retire before 
my full retirement age because you got a lot of people that are going into, you know, 65 is no longer their full retirement age, but it may be 66 or 67. And then also they've got a spouse that's still, you know, in the early 60s and healthcare uh, costs becomes a huge part of that. Scott, I think it's interesting that you're playing a race with time. You're, you're really playing a game with time when you decide to retire or whatever the case may be. And, and the gambit there is that pot of money that you've got. Mm-hmm. How long can you allow that pot of money to last? How, you know, how long will it last? Obviously, if you're working, you don't have to draw from your resources as much. And so a lot of times what we recommend to people is if you've had that grind of a job, switch, do something different, do something you love, do something that does generate some income, but it doesn't have to pay all the bills. And that's when you begin to get into the assimilation of all of these income streams that are coming from different places, your work, potentially social security, potentially uh, withdrawals from your pension or 401k plan. Uh, that becomes a bit of a, of a secret recipe, so to speak, for each and every person. I call it secret. It's really not secret. It's really customized. It's mm-hmm. a specialized recipe that you have to kind of uh, work up in each individual situation. Yeah. Building that retirement income plan is so important to know because it starts to uh, build that monthly income, whether you get some of it from some sort of part-time job working through your 60s until you get that social security benefit as big as it can possibly get. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, Currently, the benefits for those who claim social security at age 62 max out at $2,209 per month, while those filing at age 70, we'll find their benefits max out at 37.70 a month. And those are just averages. Obviously, your your circumstances are different based on how much you've paid into the program. And I kind of want to start there when you talk about when you're going to claim, Stephanie. I, I don't know how many people pay much attention or even understand those statements that some people used to get, and I guess some people still do, but they're fading out, you know, the, the mailed statement to right. you. They understanding how that benefit works is very important based on early retirement, full full retirement age, or waiting to get the max benefit at age 70. Right. Um, people still can file at 62. Some people don't even think they have that option anymore, but you do. You can file as early as 62, um, but then that comes around to really the health care costs while we're talking right. about that. Mm-hmm. If you really want to retire before full retirement age or age 65, Really, first of all, get an accurate estimate of how much health care is going to cost for you. Or even if you're retirement age and you're eligible for Medicare, your spouse may or may not be. So so let's be clear here, just so everybody's on the same page, Medicare doesn't necessarily start at the same time your Social Security benefit starts. Medicare is an independent program that starts at age 65 and not before unless you're disabled. And so you've got to think about, okay, I've got to bridge that gap. If I'm not working at some place that's going to provide me health insurance, then I've got to bridge that gap. And then you also get into this this, uh, bewildering deal of, I can only make so much money on if I'm drawing my Social Security prior to my full retirement age. Right. If you're under full retirement age, that earnings limit this year is $17,640. So Social Security looks at it based on that yearly amount the first year you retire, or if you are a very high wage earner, you can file later in the year and they can ignore high earnings if you keep it under the monthly amount. So if you divide that 17640 into 12 months, I think it's it's 1470 maybe. Uh, don't quote me on the amount, but here again, if somebody's already made 60,000 this year and we're in October and you're going to stop working this month, then if you don't plan to work November, December, then you can file. So you don't have to stick with the 17,640 as long as you agree to not work the rest of the months or keep it under that earnings limit for the rest of the year. So important question that follows up is what happens if you do go over that earnings limit? Uh, Basically, you get overpaid. Mm -hmm. Your earnings get posted the next year once the W-2s are filed. And um, Social Security sends you this nice little notice saying you're overpaid. Now, some people treat that notice and ignore it, or they actually freak out. So don't be the freak out ones, okay? It's just because you've got overpaid. If you understand and the numbers are correct, 
um, all you, you just have to be willing to pay the money back to Social Security. There's no consequence. Yeah, you know, I mean, not major consequence. But what we're talking about is earned income. <laughs> so if I retire mid-year from my working job and I, you know, start drawing for my retirement assets, then that is not going to be considered actual earned income. That's correct? true. That's true. We're just talking about what you receive on a W-2 or if you're self-employed, the net profit, not the gross, the net if you're self-employed. Yeah. So that changes a little bit though in the year that let's say I, I, I retire today and I've got a couple more months this year, but my full retirement age actually starts next year. So what's the rule changes there when I when I go from being maybe if my full retirement age is 66, I'm 65 this year, I go ahead and retire, go ahead and draw Social Security. What changes in the year that I'm going to, as far as income limits, if I'm going to go ahead and continue to work when in that year that I'm going to full retirement age 66? No, that's a good example, Chad. So let's just say someone is 65 October this year. Um, they retire, they start their Social Security, or they're thinking about starting Social Security. Um, what someone has to understand is in 2020, they will be full retirement age. And that year, there is a higher earnings limit. It bumps to a different amount. It's no longer the 17640 but it goes to like 44000 a year. So someone who is full retirement age next year they're still working. They may not want to wait till October at their full retirement age month. They may want to consider January if they think they're going to earn less than that 44000 and change from January to October. Here's the good news in all of this. I'm sitting here and I'm listening to these folks talk about all these details and everything. And if I'm a listener, I'm just totally confused because there's so many different you know, aspects of this and so many different variables. The good news is, is that a Gen Wealth advisor is greatly skilled to be able to sit down and run all kinds of scenarios. We've got a social security expert in Stephanie on our team who spent 27 years at the social security administration. She's going to come in, put in her two cents worth. Chad's going to come in and talk about healthcare and think about the things that are, are necessary to, uh, you know, surrounding that issue. And then your advisor is going to look at all of the income options that you've got, and we will craft a specialized plan just for you. Scott, that is part of the GenWealth Ready to Retire process. That's not just a, a, a slogan that we use. We get people ready to retire in ways that they can't even begin to fathom on their own because there are so many complexities. Your retirement should be more than just investments. Hopefully, we're highlighting that in this segment, and we'll continue as we continue with Fear Factor Month on the Get Ready for the Future show right after this. There's more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money right after the break. Stick around. I'd be rich. Did you know there are a ton of financial resources on GetReadyForTheFuture.com? No? Well, bookmark that page for later because the Get Ready for the Future show is back. Welcome back to Fear Factor Month on the Get Ready for the Future show. What scares you about retirement? Our two main topics today, Social Security and health care costs. And we have a couple of opportunities for you to learn more about Social Security, tell you about the workshops coming up on October 15th at 6.30 at the Benton Event Center and October 29th at 6.30 at Mike's Place in Conway. You can reserve your spot by going to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events. It's free to attend always education driven at a Gen Wealth Academy workshop. But we're going to give you some great insight today. We're doing that with Stephanie Smith, who spent 27 years at the Social Security Administration. Chad Roller is with us. John Shrewsbury. My name is Scott Inman. John talked about the building of a plan with a Gen Wealth Financial Advisor, helping you walk through those Social Security questions. And you can set up an appointment that is a consultation. We call it an appointment, and it is, but it's really just a, a conversation it might take a couple of hours of your time at the most to kind of talk about your dreams, what's specific to you that a plan needs to be built around. And if it makes sense past that, we'll go on to a second appointment and talk a little bit of how we can build a retirement income plan for you. Walking you through the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process starts with either an email, send it to info at getreadyforthefuture.com, 
or a phone call. You can call 501-653-7355, 501-653-7355. I always say that twice, but I've had people talk to me and say, I never can write that number down because we realize a lot of people are driving and when they listen to the show. So just, uh, you can Google Gen Wealth and you'll find that number there, or you can always go to the website and click on the schedule an appointment button and that'll get you through to us as well. So we were talking about uh, the social security questions. We, we kind of camped out last segment a little bit on early retirement and, and the decision process there and what needs to be considered. I want to move on to the next step if you are going to plan to work till full retirement age or beyond. I, I think a, a good understanding, Stephanie, is needed for folks to, to really make that decision on how that social security benefit grows beyond your full retirement age. I think when you hear full you think that's it, right? That's as right. big as it's going to get, but that's not the case. No, it's not. Um, when someone decides to retire or if they d- decide to wait, the benefit actually will increase typically 8% for each full year that they wait. And some people, by saying that too, don't understand that technically the benefit increases monthly. So each month you delay, it increases. The other kind of nice benefit is sometimes when someone takes that benefit early, um, Social Security may hold up a few checks during the year because someone might be expected to earn a little bit over that earnings limit. And then when that person reaches full retirement age, that they get an, a little bump for any month that their benefits were held up and due to work and earnings. But yes, you can work beyond full retirement age. The benefit uh, does increase a little bit month by month. Um, they do call those delayed retirement credits. Mm-hmm. Um, they do work a little differently because if someone signs up, let's just say 67, 68, 69, um, whatever the January benefit amount for that year they retire is their benefit amount. But if they do that in June, it's the following year that they get those extra six credits. So it, the later retirement credits work a little differently than the monthly amount. So just just that's one of those things to be aware of, but they can help with that. So ultimately, if you're just looking at this from a math equation, Chad, it is all about waiting as late as you can because you're going to get pretty good returns on your money if you wait, right? If you wait past full retirement age all the way to 70, you get the 8% kick and then you're going to max out, take the benefit at age 70. But that's just from a math perspective. And you have to live a certain amount of time before it makes more sense to wait than it does to take it early. But then there are also a lot of other scenarios in play. And and, and this this really highlights an opportunity for you to share a story of just a recent client experience that you had that you and John were working on, a case you were working on, that uh, just a, an example of the factors that you have to deal with when you're making that decision. Yeah. So currently right now, if you, if you retire, uh, the maximum at 62 is about $2,200 a month. So if you wait till 70, Basically, the benefits max out at $3,700 a month. Now, that is a big difference in guaranteed income. Mm-hmm. And so when when you kind of walk through this scenario with a client on the board and you show them, okay, here's the amount of assets that you would typically have to have in order to draw this type of income out, it, it really, you know, it can show them like, hey, this is actually means a lot to me over my lifetime. But this specific uh, scenario we're talking about, Scott, is a husband and wife looking at retiring, and he's got uh, Social Security, a much higher benefit. He's been the bread breadwinner for the family, and then also he's got a pension. So basically, we were taking a look at, yes, they'd like to retire at 62, but by waiting and delaying, if he passes away, then she's going to basically, you know, whenever he files Social Security, she's going to get half of his Social Security, right? Correct. So, or or her benefit. Close to it. Close mm-hmm. to it. But that pension benefit and his Social Security is going to go away if he passes away. Now, she'll be able to get his Social Security benefit, but his pension will go away. So what does that mean for her? Well, she loses her, uh, one Social Security check and a pension. So by delaying and not taking that Social Security at 62, we build in some long-term you know, protection for her from an income stream-wise in the, in the event that he uh, passes away early. And I think you've got to also think about how much do you have or are you projected to have in assets? Because that is a, a, a factor, a variable in the equation as well. 
And so running these scenarios, as I said, and sitting down with our financial planning programs that we have and, and looking into the future, so to speak, and saying, okay, if if things continue with your savings uh, and they progress like we believe that they will, then what are your options? Do you have the option to delay until 70? Because you've if you are going to retire, let's say at 62, but you delay your Social Security until 70, guess what? Between 62 and 70, it's on you because you don't have that Social Security coming in. So do you have a pension? Do you have enough assets to to fund that gap period between 62 and 70 when Social Security can come in? Sometimes clients have that. Sometimes they don't. It really depends on your situation. And Scott, there is no, uh, the thing I think is frustrating to a lot of people is they're looking for the cookie cutter pat answer. And there really mm-hmm. is not a pat answer. You have to come in, sit down, figure this out with your advisor to actually maximize your benefits. As I'm sitting here listening to you guys talk about that, and it's what we do every day, I think about folks who might be listening. And we, we've kind of kicked around and had fun with the idea that this is Fear Factor Month, but that is a real fear. It has it, it got to be really scary if you are five to 10 years away from retirement or closer. Maybe you're thinking about doing it really soon and you haven't spent the time putting a plan together to really understand what kind of monthly income am I going to have. It starts with Social Security. That's the foundation. Chad talked about it as guaranteed income. We know that's going to come every month. But is that going to be enough? And in most cases, it's not. So how do you turn your assets into income in retirement? Just like any other situation in life, when you face complexities, Whatever that is, maybe it's medical complexities, maybe it's a legal complexity, maybe it's a financial complexity. You seek out expert advice. You seek out people that have the knowledge and the expertise and the experience, quite frankly, to to understand this. And I think we have ex- assembled a great team to help in that regard. When right. you think about Stephanie and her experience at Social Security, when you think about Chad and his experience in healthcare, and when you think about this team of advisors that we have that that has hundreds of years, quite frankly, of experience at doing what we do, I don't know a team that is better fit to help somebody actually transition from uh, work to retirement and go through that maze of complexities than the Gen Wealth team. It is easy to get started. 501-653-7355 to start through the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process or info at getreadyforthefuture.com. We would be glad to sit down with you and talk through your Social Security options, your questions that you may have. So next in our lineup of fears in our Fear Factor Month is discussing health care costs. And even with Medicare, the average retirees will spend, on average, $260,000 per couple on health care from age 65 on. That's according to Fidelity Investments. About a third of that is for Medicare premiums. The rest go to co-payments, deductibles, and drug and Medicare, medical costs. Medicare, we know, covers the basics, but there's always going to be some out-of-pocket expenses that need to be estimated. It's hard to do that. Hard to do that. We don't know. You know, that's an average. Two hundred sixty is thousand is an average. We know some people are going to be less. Some people are going to be more. Depends on how long you live, how healthy you are. But that has got to be a consideration in your retirement plan. It is because it's it to me. I can imagine Stephanie. You you saw people come in on a daily basis that probably had this fear of how am I going to get my medications, you know, paid for? How am I going to be able to go to the doctor? Because Let's face it, as we get older, we go to the doctor more. So that's a part of life. So if you'll talk a little bit about, you know, what was it like? I know people were coming in asking you about Social Security, but I know that Medicare question was right there along with it. Of course. That's one of the the basic questions. And, uh, you know, Medicare, it, it is complicated. It's overwhelming to people because you get so much information in the mail. You know, I mean, they and almost intentionally try to make it complex. So, you know, my basic nutshell with Medicare is Social Security handles the enrollment part of it. Part A is hospital coverage. It's free. Part B is doctor and test coverage. And that's the part that has the $140 a month. Um, and then most people, there are deductibles that Part A and Part B doesn't cover. So most people get a supplement of some kind. And if your supplement has drug coverage, good. 
If your supplement doesn't have drug coverage, then check with your pharmacy. Sign up for that Part D program. So don't delay that part. Forget that part of it. And I think, you know, it's important to point out that Medicare does not provide long-term care coverage. Yeah. So we're talking about major med- major hospital coverage. We're talking about doctors and co-pays, but we're not talking about actually going to an assisted living facility or a nursing home and getting coverage. And I've seen this shocked look on people's faces when you tell them that. that well, I thought Medicare covered everything. No. And it doesn't. It, it really does not. That is basically on you, which brings up uh, the, the big fear that people have as far as the other side of retirement is concerned when it comes to health care cost is they say, I don't want the nursing home to get all my money. And that is a common mantra that we hear from people. So, Scott, I want to spend some other uh, some time on the other side of the break talking about that fear that the nursing home is going to get all my money because it's frankly a misnomer. It's really not true that the nursing home is going to come and suck all your money out of your out of your investment account. We're going to take a break and discuss long term care. The other fear that we're obviously talking about fear factor month on the get ready for the future show next want to know what goes on in the studio during this break go subscribe to the gen wealth financial advisors youtube channel and get all the straight talk on retirement investments and your money education driven strategy based team delivered that's how we roll on the get ready for the future show and we're back for more make the money don't let the an opportunity for you to gain some education on two topics that are certainly important to your retirement journey. The first is Social Security. We have two opportunities coming up in Gen Wealth Academy workshops for that. The first one is next week, October 15th at 630 at the Benton Event Center in Saline County. And the next, October 29th at 630 at Mike's Place in Conway. Free to attend, dinner provided, education driven. You can sign up by going to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events. And then on October 26th, I'm sorry, October 22nd, I added four days to that, October 22nd at 6.30. You know, sometimes when you get older, it's harder to see that (laughs) blue screen. I wasn't going to say it. You you just blew yourself out on that one. Go Uh, ahead. October 22nd at 6.30 at the Little Rock Crown Plaza, we're talking about the three big risks. Three big risks to your retirement. We believe they're universal to all retirees, and we're going to provide some possible strategies to take on those risks. Join us at the Little Rock Crown Plaza. Again, getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events to register. Our final segment on today's show, we're Fear Factor Month of in the month of October. We're talking Social Security, Medicare, health care, and we're going to camp out on our final one today, long-term care in just a moment. But, you know, Stephanie made a great point while we were in the commercial break. We were talking about the the fear earlier in the show of not having a plan and how that can really pose some pose people to be very afraid to walk into retirement. But the other part of that is very true, too. Sometimes they don't have a plan because they're very fearful of walking in to see a financial advisor. You know, it always surprised me, even at Social Security, someone would say, Thank you for being so nice. You know, I was so scared to come to this appointment today. And there's do not let that be the reason you put off planning your financial retirement. Do not. Just come in. We're not going to think, you know, there's not a dumb question, honestly. There's too much at stake. And and frankly, we've seen everything. You know, it's it's not like that you're going to come in and we're going to (gasps) go, I have never seen anything like that. It's just ridiculous. You know, no, what I can tell you after being in this business 30 some odd years, I, there, there's nothing that we haven't seen from the richest of the rich to the poorest of the poor and everything in between. So it's not like you're going to deal us some big, you know, oh, wow, or we're going to chastise you because you haven't done what you need to do. You are where you are. So let's just get on with where you are and let's do the best that we can going forward. Don't compound mistakes, because I will tell you that if you've made mistakes in the past, you will continue to make those mistakes and get unless you get help and education. So a big part of that plan is dealing with the elephant in the room, which is long-term care expense. As we mentioned last segment, Medicare does not cover that. There's no uh, uh, coverage for that that you can buy through the Medicare program or through the supplement program. You can elect to reach out to private insurance companies to get that. And we're going to talk about different ways to look at that. But John, you set up the, the question before we went to break about the fear that the nursing home is going to take 
all of your money if you need long-term care. If I've had to have one of these conversations, I've had to have 50,000 of them, it seems, because somewhere out there in retiree land is this fear that the nursing home, it being an institution, is going to somehow drain your bank account of all your money. And I have to tell them, Chad, look, a nursing home is nothing but a private business. If you go and partake of their services, then you owe a bill. The question is, how will you pay that bill? Well, it's no different than if you have a car and you get into a wreck. How are you going to pay the bill at the repair shop to fix your car? They're not going to reach into your bank account and take all of your money. It is a voluntary thing. You can not go partake of their services and then, you know, have the consequences of dealing with long-term care on your own. But that's why we talk to people about insuring against the eventualities of long-term care. Right. And that's what we do each and every day. We we purchase auto insurance, homeowner's insurance, you know, disability insurance, life insurance, because we have to have that replacement. And a lot of times, of course, when you're younger and in, in, in age, you know, long-term care may not be uh, right there on your radar because you are dealing with things, you know, you're, you're more concentrated on, you know, accumulation for retirement, college planning, you know, just paying for life in general. But as you reach retirement age, it, the numbers start increasing. The chances start really increasing. And you're right, John, it's no more than just another expense. So we don't go into retirement and just drop the homeowner's insurance because we still have to have a house. It's just another expense, some type of insurance that we say, okay, we can either pay for it all out of pocket or we can share in the cost with an insurance company. And Scott, I think it's interesting as we talk about insurance, sometimes it is just the rearranging of the allocation that you've made to insurance to be able to provide for long-term care. For instance, let's say that you'd paid for a life insurance policy for a long period of time during your working years because you needed that income replacement. Well, that life insurance premium or maybe the accumulation of the value of that life insurance policy can now shift and actually actually take care of some or all of the expense of your long-term care coverage. That's something that you have to explore with your advisor to see if that makes sense. This is not something that's going to go away. You can't stick your head in the sand and just say, hey, I'm just not going to think about long-term care and hope that I'm going to get through this without having you know, a major health problem. As we are fond of saying on this show, hope is not a plan. Hope is not a strategy. You have to actually substantively take action on something. I don't know what the chances are that you're going to have a car wreck. I don't know what the chances are you're going to have a fire to your home, but I do know, statistically speaking, 70% of us. 70% of us, 7 in 10, will need some sort of long-term care uh, in our lives. That's a big number. It is a big number. And Stephanie, that number has actually gone up. I know I, about, back about 15 years ago, it was about uh, 50% of the people were going to need long-term care. And we see a, a very big rise in chronic health care issues, particularly Alzheimer's. Yes, yes, that is true. And going Relating this story, my grandmother was actually on the forefront when 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when long-term care came out, I remember her taking care of my great-grandmother, believe it or not. And unfortunately, she lived in a different state from my Mm great-grandmother. So the only option was a nursing home that my grandmother had to, great-grandmother had to go into. And my grandmother didn't like that for herself. So she actually purchased long-term health care kind of on the forefront when it was just a new thing out there in the market. And she had to use it. She had a stroke. It blinded her and it let her be able to afford to pay for a healthcare person to come in and assist her each day until she passed away. It was wonderful that she got to stay in her home for the rest of her life because of it. So now I know what people may be listening to out there are thinking, well, that's great. But what if I don't need it? Right. What if I pay those premiums for years and years and years and then I have a stroke and I pass away in a matter of days? There has been an evolution, Chad, in the way long-term care insurance is offered. You're right. And so the original, back when they were uh, originally issuing traditional long-term care, it was some type of like a homeowner's policy where you pay the premium, house doesn't catch on fire, then you just paid that premium, right? And thankfully, the house didn't catch on fire. 
Well, same way with traditional long-term care. If you do not need uh, the services and you just pass away, then you know those premiums that were paid into that traditional long-term care policy, they just stay with the insurance company. But over time, as the insurance companies have adjusted their products and their pricing, you know, to be able to to stay competitive in the marketplace and still provide, you know, a good amount of benefits and increase with the cost of care that's increasing each year, they've, you know, transformed into more of a life insurance chassis that has a death benefit on the back end. So therefore you're paying these premiums and a lot of times for a dual product. Either A, I'm going to use it for, you know, long-term care needs or chronic care, chronic illness needs. And or B, if I just pass away and I paid these insurance premiums all these years, then there's a death benefit back to my family. So there's a lot of different variations of those policies out there. We use all types of them. There's sometimes that we use them through a lump sum uh, to, to, you know, to do a paid up policy. There's sometimes we pay it out an ongoing premium. But the idea is that you need to make sure that what you are in has some type of guarantee in it that says, okay, I can fix my premium because we know that once we get into retirement, we don't need those premiums fluctuating. And that's traditionally with the long-term care, we've seen a lot of increases over the years in premiums. Scott, I want to dispel a myth that may be running through some folks' mind. A a lot of people say, well, you know, I know there's a a government program that'll take care of this, so I'm just going to see if I can't qualify for that government program. That government program is called Medicaid, and Medicaid requires you to spend down your assets and have no more than two thousand dollars of liquid assets in order to go on that program. And so you are going to have to pay for this in one way or the other. And if you don't want, quote unquote, the nursing home to get all your money, then let an insurance company stand between you and the nursing home and actually pay that bill or pay a big portion of that bill so you don't have to drain down your assets. Because I will tell you, there is a big difference between a Medicaid bed in a nursing home and a regular care bed that's being paid for at full price. There's a difference there. And you know, the the Medicare industry, I'm sorry, the nursing home industry might not like to hear that, but there is a big difference. I've experienced that through family members. And so you have to think about this very logically and say, okay, how am I going to address this need? And that's one of the things that through the ready to retire process, your Gen Wealth advisor will walk through with you and help you to get a grip on how that actually is all going to get put together. Everything in our program is always general education. That's the purpose of our program. You need to sit down with an advisor and discuss what makes sense for you. And building a plan is the first step in that process, a retirement income plan going in and through the GenWealth Ready to Retire process. And you can do that by calling us, 501-653-7355. Again, the number is 501 653 7355. You can reach out that way or online, info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Or if you just go to our website, there'll be a schedule and appointment button you can click on. Makes it very easy to set up a first consultation with a Gen Wealth advisor. It is always complimentary. That first appointment costs you nothing. You come in and just discuss your dreams, your goals, and what you need out of retirement. And we begin to go to work in building that plan. We're out of time. Round two of Fear Factor Month is in the books. More fears all October long. We'll be discussing that next week on the show. Hope you'll join us. The GenWealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIP. 